Hi, welcome to the Austin Kids Podcast. I am your host, Jan Talon. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, a wife, a mom, and a grandma. And this Austin Kids Podcast is about how to be married forever while you parent together. And today, we are talking with dads, real live dads. I know them all. I think they are great dads, but they are willing to talk for a few minutes with us about their experiences with all the kiddos they have running around their house. So I'd like to introduce you to them and they will introduce themselves a little bit more. Um, There is Zach, he is my son and he will tell you about his kiddos and how long he's been married. And then we'll hear from Luke and then we'll hear from Alex. Luke is my son-in-law married to my daughter and Alex is my nephew. And so Zach, All right, my name's Zach, Uh, as my mom said. uh, I have three kids, four, six, and eight. Um, Two girls and a boy. And I've been married for about 10 years to my wife. All right, my name is Luke, and I have three kids as well. Uh, Six, four, and one. Two girls and a boy, and been married for almost 15 years. And my name is Alex. I have three kids, four and two. Uh, there's a set of twins in there, so we uh, have a pretty busy household. Been married for 10 years, and uh, very thankful for my wife, who keeps it all together. So true. Being married, I think, often helps with parenting. It sometimes can overwhelm it with parenting. So um, we're just going to keep passing the mic around, and I'm going to ask some questions, and they're going to sort of chime in as they think of a clear, concise, probably mostly accurate answer. Here we go us a little bit about your high and your low like what, what's been your best so far parenting moment and what has been a I never want to do that again the first thing that comes to mind for the low was finding out we were pregnant with Olivia because she was not expected and that took me a while to get over but I don't know if that's a good parenting moment some other lows are maybe some uh sometimes when I've gotten a little too frustrated with my kids and uh regretted either the words that have come out of my mouth or not necessarily the actions I've taken, but more words. Highs are watching my kids explore and do things that I like to do and realizing that uh, I'm going to be able to grow up with them and doing those kinds of things. So, um, and just seeing them get joy out of those too. So that's really fun to see. All right. Yeah. For me, I mean, I think my lows are kind of similar to Zach. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of times when I lose my temper, I, you know, I definitely, you know, say some things that you don't mean and just kind of learning those hard conversations to have with your kids after you've done stuff like that. You know, the highs, I think, I think one of the biggest ones for me was this past winter teaching my two oldest how to ski um, and kind of did that consistently throughout the winter. And it was just a lot of fun to see kind of some changes in some personalities that were, you know, my daughter's kind of tends to be risk adverse um, most of the time and just had a great time learning and falling and doing all that kind of stuff. So So I'd say uh, some lows for my wife and I have certainly been the lack of sleep. Uh, We have not a lot of great sleepers in our family and uh, and had some sort of NICU stay for for our oldest, Bryce, um, and he took a long time to get settled in after that. And then, uh, yeah, twins, especially our girl, Tessa, was very... Uh, colicky and just pretty fussy for the first year of her life. So it's amazing how thin your patience can become when you're not running on much sleep. So that's been an eye opener, certainly for me and for my wife. 
the highs and the ones that we sort of hang our hat on. Uh, certainly seeing seeing my son Bryce do things that I like to do. He started riding a pedal bike pretty early and just took to that really well and seeing him succeed and, and want to explore and, and be out in the neighborhood. Uh, that's a that's a great thing. And, and hopefully watching that trajectory continue. Thank you, Alex. So another question is, you all have a mix of boys and girls. So one of my questions is, do you feel like you connect better with your sons or with your daughters? And uh, sort of tell me where you think those connection points might be. Yeah, I think it's definitely a different relationship, but I wouldn't say that, you know, one is better than the other. They're just very different. Max and I tend to he's kind of very much like me kind of go with the flow he kind of we kind of I feel like we kind of understand where each other are coming from even though he's only four years old and then you know my daughter and I tend to tend to butt heads a little bit more just based on our personalities and but also have you know I've done a lot of growing together and and that's been good for our relationship too so I'd say I'm not sure it's necessarily based on gender for me it's based on age so I think I have a probably closer relationship with um my oldest olivia and maybe even natalie just that they're six and eight and so they have just a little more capability to do things that allow us to go out and share together so it's you know skiing or snowboarding in the winter or playing out at the lake or biking things like that and jonah's finally getting to that age too but jonah's great too because he as a third child just doesn't really care about being roughed up or always wants to do what his sisters are doing so he's right on the tails of them all the time. So I'd say I'm, I'm probably closer to my oldest ones, but that's just, I think, more of a, a maturity thing than it is a, a gender thing. Yeah, I'd probably echo the, the age thing as being more indicative of that. Uh, with my four-year-old, you know, we're finally starting to be able to do stuff together. And the, the twins are starting to develop their own personality and they're just to the point of, of starting to talk more and all that kind of stuff. So Excited to see once how we connect with them as they continue to, to engage more with us. And Alex, you might connect a little bit more when the kids decide to sleep and you're actually awake when they're awake. It might become more fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when you guys think about as your sort of parent with your, with your spouses, and one of my questions was, who's the discipliner and who's the more playful person? Who, who do you think draws the line and says, no, this is not going to be okay? And who of you is like, oh, really? You care about that? Uh, I think Anne and I share that a little bit, but I think Anne is definitely more patient. Anne's my wife. And after I've seen her be patient long enough, I just step in and decide to kind of get the kid to do what they need to do. And so I kind of say, cut the BS and let's go go listen to mom. Because, yeah, after a while there, I don't have that patience. But then I don't always like being that guy that is the not patient dad. So at times I have to display that as well. Yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, since my wife spends more time one-on-one with the kids since I'm working full-time. And so she she probably bears the brunt of the the parenting and, and discipline side of things. And again, you know, when the patience is worn thin, you know, it sort of changes your approach to it. So her and I balance it well, but I'd sort of echo Zach's sentiment that you know, coming home from a day of work or something like that and having to step in, especially just because we're amazed even at with a four-year-old and two two-year-olds how much discipline or active parenting is required. Um, that's unexpected, I think, for me. Yeah, I think for us there's a, a decent mix between, but I, same kind of thing as these guys. Mindy tends to spend more time, especially, you know, at the worst times of the day, dinner time and bedtime, and, 
you know, sometimes by the time I get home, you know, everybody's kind of reached their limit. So then I feel like it's kind of my responsibility to kind of almost calm things down sometimes and, you know, kind of reset everybody. Yeah, that bedtime routine stuff can be really tiring, right? And you wonder how long can it take someone to fall asleep? And for little kids, it can take a long time, which takes a lot of patience from the parents. I certainly remember that as well. Well, what do you think about how parenting has impacted your marriage? If you have a pro and a con to that or you know, what level you're comfortable sharing. But if you're going to say, you know, wearing the dad hat with the husband hat, how is that balance for you? And how have you found the balance for the moment? I think it's going to change over time. But sort of that question of how do you make sure that you're staying married well while also parenting well? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting topic and one that my wife and I are still working through. We had at least six or seven years of great marriage before we had kids. And it's sort of now our marriage is separated into pre-kids and post-kids. And it's sort of hard to remember what it was like before kids. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really hard on a marriage <laughs> and, and figuring out how to communicate and how to stay true. And like for us, we've set some rhythms where, you know, every other week we have a standing date night, assuming we can get a sitter who will put up with our kids. So doing that intentionally and same thing, even the bedtime routine, once the kids are down, you know, it's a, for us, it's a half hour to clean up the kitchen, get the house in order, and then usually decompress over a glass of wine or something and sit on the back porch and actually invest in it, in our relationship. And ho- hopefully there is some energy in, in being uh, attentive to it where it's not just flopping on the couch and, you know, press and play on Netflix, something a little bit more than that, at least most nights. Um, yeah, I think it definitely forces people to figure out how to communicate. Because, yeah, you spend most of your time parenting instead of just hanging out with each other. And so um, if you're not on the same page there, that can really throw things in the gutter in terms of the marriage. And also, it's it's really hard to focus on the marriage because you just don't have that energy to do that. So even planning a date night or something like that just takes a ton of energy. And so, yeah, when you used to say pre-kids, you could go out all the time and you had the freedom to do that. And now it's like, do you even have the energy to go out and do dinner? And is it even worth it? And it's like... Sometimes we go out and you smash a meal in 40 minutes and then you're like, well, I'm tired. You just want to go home? <laughs> like, uh, so it's, it's hard to continue to put that energy into, into the marriage. So it takes a lot of focus. Yeah, I mean, I think for us it's definitely, you know, it's, um, sometimes, especially during these post-kid years, you know, your marriage kind of takes a, a little bit of a backseat. And I think it's just you know, we've tried to do a good job of recognizing those times and, you know, trying to bring the focus back to each other when that happens. It's just, you know, we still we still definitely try to connect as much as we can. It just looks a little bit different than it used to. It's more do dinner for the kids on their own, get them to bed, and then maybe do like a meal just by ourselves, sitting down even if it's late, that kind of thing. I know Mindy and I send a lot of emails throughout the week to each other of just like, you know, even things that have kind of, you know, whether it's house stuff or just, you know, budget things or talking about, you know, we'll just email throughout the day, every day. And then we'll kind of circle back to those things just as we think about them. We don't always have the brain, you know, late at night to to think about some of those things. So Yeah, I hear from all of you that the energy to really work and stay nicely connected in your marriage is the piece that's really hard to keep in focus because the kids, especially at the ages they are, are just demanding and take a lot of energy. I think you're right. I hear all of you saying, it's on our minds. We're trying to keep the marriage connected and not just become co-parents, but we really have to be intentional about it. And I think that it's really wise to put that intention into it 
and to encourage other dads, you know, encourage each other with, yeah, do that date night, make it happen. Because I know for Chip and I, we've been married 43 years, I think. Something like that. Anyways, I'm looking at Zach making him do the math. I don't know. <laughs> but I remember how often we had to talk about we have to do the date night just to keep the rhythm of the date night and to keep their uh, budget line that says these are for dates so that we paid attention to that. Certainly the date nights for us have been important, but it's interesting over the last year or two, what's become probably just as important as, as time for the individual and so promoting, you know, especially for my wife, they're like, hey, you need to get out, go meet up with some friends, get out of the house, go do something else. For myself, you know, setting a night aside for exercise to go mountain biking or uh, grab a beer with friends, you know, whatever it takes to to maintain some degree of personal independent health. Because I find that it's easier to approach the marriage relationship when you're in a decent spot yourself. Absolutely. Good point, Alex, just because of that the your best self can be brought out by your spouse, but also if you um, can't ever bring your best self into the relationship, there's a lot of energy that feels like I'm parenting you too. <laughs> and nobody really, really wants to parent their spouse. They, it is a dangerous spot to get to. So one final little question for you guys, and that would be, if you were talking and, and uh, hanging out with a beer with a dad that's just like, I don't know how I got myself into this, and I am really just thinking like I should just take a way back step, you know, I'll still be their dad, but I, I got to get out of the parenting thing. It's a bad idea. What advice would you give them? They're going to stay married, but they're just going to let their spouse is better at the parenting as far as they're concerned. Um, they're just feeling pretty low about being a dad. What do you say? First off, probably some choice words, not being an idiot. But I, I think there's two phrases that usually come to mind uh, in young parenting for me. One of them is like, this is the longest, shortest time. So it's like the days go on forever. And yet it's only really like four years of your life that until you kind of get out of that young kidhood. And like, I'm just getting out of that. And it's awesome now that my kids are basically all pretty independent and we can go all do lots of things together. We're not stuck in nap jail anymore or anything like that. Another thing that comes to mind is that the phrase, this too shall pass. Cause sometimes you're like, I, this kid is never going to go to sleep and you've only been dealing with it for a week. I can't speak for Alex cause I haven't gone through the troubles that he necessarily went through, but I did have some kids that were tough sleepers initially. And you know, it seems like in the time it's just forever. But when you look back on it, it's like, well, that was that was only about three or four weeks of real struggle there or something like that. I would say to him, taking a backseat in parenting is just a really bad idea for your marriage, for your kids. Do you really want your kids to kind of say like, I don't really have a dad or my dad's really not that involved in my life or not to have influence on their life? Those are really influential years in the young years. And so I think it's super important for a dad to be involved, not only in their kids' lives, but just understanding the kind of parenting that's going on. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I was, you know, I think one of the hardest things for parenting has been the amount of self-work that goes into into becoming a good parent and just, you know, all the self-reflection that it takes and that kind of thing. And one of the things I try to remember is I've never met a dad that says, you know, I wish I was investing less in my kids or, you know, an older person saying, I wish I didn't spend fast. Um, and it's just hard to keep up sometimes. Thank you what I'd add to that is from a marriage perspective, if you think sort of 
down the road on the trajectory of marriage. You know, where do you, where do you want to be with your spouse after you're through that kid season? Both the the raising little stage, but also the the whole deal, and to come out from that other side with a true marriage partner and somebody you still love doing life with. That's what you want. And a lot of couples don't end up in that spot. A lot of people get on the far side of raising kids and realize they have nothing in common with their spouse. And sort of framing it in that long range trajectory is perhaps helpful. Yeah, thank you, Alex and Zach and Luke. Um, you've said that so well. That's one of the reasons why us and kids exist, both in podcast form and in communication form, because trying to hold together your marriage while you parent littles Trying to parent littles while you try to hold your own self together is a lot of work and takes a lot of intention even when you're really tired. So I think you guys are doing a fantastic job with your parenting and your energy and your focus. And I want to thank you for coming here today. So Zach and Luke and Alex are all dads have been married about 10 years, have three wonderful sets of kiddos at different age ranges, and they're pretty invested in being dads. You, I think you heard that through the podcast, but they're also working hard on their marriage. And I want to remind you that the Us and Kids Communication Program is available for you if you are really working hard on trying to figure out how to be a dad and how to be married. There is help for you here. In this program, it's about eight weeks long, and it will give you about a year's worth of therapy or marriage and family information and practice and skills with eight weeks of video courses, um, personal and professional interaction with me as um, personal and professional interaction with me, with my therapist brain on. And it gives you lots and lots of time to practice with each other. We have examples and ideas and questions for the two of you to talk about and grow and work on. The second thing is, is that we have a new product. For those of you who say, we don't have time for that kind of intensity, I get it. And so we've made what we call fun focus, quick tip videos. And these are eight videos that you can buy one at a time or all at a time. You could add a coaching call or however many coaching calls you want along with it. But you can then pick the communication skill that you're struggling with and purchase just that one little short 12 minute video. We'll give you tips and tricks along the way and then you can use them and interact with them when you want to watch another video or get another tip or trick then you just purchase another short, quick tip video. So, want to let you know, you're not out there alone. Dads all over the place are trying to hold things together, and it is worth the work. Your kids are going to follow you, and you want to make sure that you are as followable as possible, that you don't lead your kids into ditches or into really sad places to the extent that you can manage that. We're proud of you. We know that being a dad is important and we know that it is intentional hard work. So we are cheering for you. Be the best dad you can be and be the best husband you can be together and forever. Thank you for joining today. We'll catch up with you next time. Bye-bye.